Keeping your pigs healthy is a team sport and having access to a dedicated and well-connected team of experts in swine health is something all producers have access to thanks to the Canada West Swine Health Intelligence Network, or Quishin. Quishin serves producers across Western Canada, as well as swine herd practitioners and governments to improve swine health, production, and the economic prosperity of the sector. Today on the show, we are joined by Quishin manager, Dr. Yetta Christensen, who is going to tell us all about how Quishin helps producers, what Quishin does, and some real-life examples of a disease response. I'm Rhea Taranishi, and this is Chop Talk. Hi everyone, I'm Rhea Ternishi. I'm joined by my co-host today, Joey Dearborn, and our guest today is Dr. Yetta Christensen. So first question I have for you, Yetta, is how do you pronounce the acronym? <laughs> I'm always curious. <laughs> well, I usually say question. Uh, I know that a lot of other people say C-Sish, I can't even say C-Sish or something <laughs> like that. I use question. So now that we've gotten that big question out of the way, um, could you talk to us more about what question is and what do they do for producers? Well, Quishin is a, a not-for-profit organization. It was incorporated in Manitoba back in 2015. And we are, are here uh, to serve Western swine producers, practitioners, laboratories, provincial pork boards, governments uh, to improve swine health uh, production and the economic prosperity of uh, the sector. Great. Thanks so much. And could you go into a little more deeper about how they do that? Well, we have three pillars. We have the surveillance, where we monitor uh, swine health uh, in general. We have an intelligence network that is there to exchange knowledge. It's not only just to transfer knowledge from us to somebody else, to the producers, for instance. It's really an exchange uh, between health e experts uh, swine health experts and producers in the region. <clears throat> and then we have a third pillar where we have special projects where we can actually go in and follow up on special issues that we find uh, or have found uh, during our surveillance uh, that is of special interest. And uh, let's talk a little bit more about the first pillar, the surveillance one. Well, um, a very important part of surveillance is to have very clear objectives of why we're doing surveillance and what we're going to do. So we do have that. We, we really want to detect new emerging health issues um, as quickly as possible. Uh, we also want to detect unusual clinical signs of diseases that we know so it's when they change uh, in nature a little bit, we want to detect that early on. We also want to look into uh, information about what we call endemic diseases, so diseases that are, are there and known and pretty common. Um, and then for uh, the diseases that are absent in Canada or specifically in Western Canada, uh, for example, foot and mouth disease that we haven't seen for many, many years, or uh, African swine fever that you've heard about, hopefully, over the last few years. 
When we're looking at those diseases, our objective is really to help provide evidence that these diseases are not present in our region. Uh, and we do that because we want to support trade. It's an information that can be used to support trade. So Yetta, how do you provide evidence of something that's not necessarily there? What does that look like? Um, that is really looking at a lot of zeros. So uh, we're looking into specific models. The f we do have specific models that can actually come up with a probability that, for example, foot and mouth disease is not present. And we do have that uh, in, in Canada uh, or in, in Christian. Uh, we call that our blister model. So, for example, our practitioners have a survey every quarter. And part of that survey, we ask them, did you see blisters? And that information goes into our blister model, and then we, prob we calculate a probability that we are free from foot and mouth disease. Um, and this model has been used. Actually, we started that model in 2019, and it was used first time last year when Seneca Valley virus uh, occurred on assembly yards here in Manitoba. And we could present that model and show that we're actually looking for blisters. Uh, so it could be sort of used for another purpose as well. Now, where the looking at the Western provinces, are there other kind of networks within Canada or in the U.S. that you're connected with as well? Yeah, we're actually sort of a, a network within a bigger, bigger network uh, situation. So um, we are the regional network for the Canada uh, Swine Health Intelligence Network, and so our sister networks. There's one in Ontario. Uh, which is um, Ontario Animal Health Network. There's one in Quebec, uh, Réseau, and we also connect with the uh, Maritime. Uh, there's only a few picks there, so so it's it's a <laughs> it's a relatively small network. So that's that's on the swine side. Um, we also feed into the CanSpot ASF, which is Canada's um, African Swine Fever Surveillance, and we feed into that as a network. Um, we have uh, contact with BCAN, which is the Western Canadian Animal Health Network, uh, looking at other livestock species than, than swine, but we have, we have worked with them. And we have a, a very informal uh, collaboration also or, or exchange with uh, uh, the Canadian Animal Health uh, Surveillance Network, with, which is also a broader network. And if you go on those websites, uh, on CAS's uh, website, this actually links to our network uh, as well. And we also reach out on a quarterly basis uh, to SHIC, which is a Swine Health Intelligence uh, Center in the US, uh, on a more technical uh, level, where we sort of have an opportunity to ask them, do you see the same thing as we see here in, in, in Manitoba and the Western provinces, or what is coming up from what you're seeing, so we exchange a little bit of, of information there. So, Yetta, could we get into more about what you do in those pillars, some activities maybe that you perform daily, quarterly, if you want to talk about that? Yeah, uh, we have some core activities, and they are really the cornerstone of Christian, and, and they sort of cover pillar one and pillar two. Um, pillar one was the surveillance uh, or the monitoring of diseases, and uh, pillar two was the network. So it includes data sharing, uh, 
Um, so every quarter, practitioners fill out our questionnaire. We get data from uh, quite a few laboratories uh, in the area on diseases uh, that are present or diagnoses that are made. Uh, what we do with these data is that we do an analysis. We have a whole set of, of routine analysis that we run, and that's primarily to add value to the data because the data alone doesn't tell us anything. We need to do an analysis in order to add the value. Once we've done that, we have a quarterly call or a panel where experts from the region and those practitioners that have uh, contributed with their survey data, we get together and we discuss the results. Uh, and that's really our foundation, our basis for quarterly reports that we send out to veterinarians and swine health experts in the region. That's about 100 of those, many of those in Manitoba. Uh, and also to producers, uh, the Manitoba uh, pork board uh, and the other pork boards in the region, region send out the producer uh, reports uh, after we've done all the analysis and the discussion. Um, we also have general communication. So whenever I see something is happening, uh, either in the other regional networks uh, or I find something online that could be interesting for practitioners uh, or producers in the region, I send out uh, alerts if it's important and urgent or just newsletters if it's less important or, or just a heads up. Um, and then we have another branch where we collect all the uh, testing for ASF in the rule-out testing in CanSpot ASF. We collect that information as part of our laboratory data, and we aggregate the data for the region, and we share that with the Canadian um, Swine Health Network that shares it with Christian, so it goes into the national data set on African swine fever surveillance. Uh, and then we have uh, our quarterly outreach to all the other networks that I talked about before. So the national uh, session to the U.S. Uh, with Sheik um, and everybody else, we have that uh, on a quarterly basis. Do you give any examples of a new or emerging disease that kind of came across your radar and you supported the producers as well as the practitioners in that? Yes, we actually have one really good example where we could show that um, a disease was reported very quickly uh, through the networks. Uh, and when it happened again a couple of years later, it was reported even faster. Um, this was Streptococcus equi su epidemicus, uh, often referred to just as strep su. Um, the first event... Uh, took place in February in 2019. That's when the practitioner saw the first clinical signs where sows died. Uh, it was a brand new disease, never been diagnosed before, so it took about until mid-late March to get the diagnosis on that. And already in April, we were able to share that information in the network. So all the practitioners knew about the disease, that it was a new disease, so they could, they could be prepared if they saw something similar. 
Um, this disease is pretty dramatic. Um, it causes sudden death uh, among mature animals. So it's not something you see in young pigs. It's, it's really close to finishing uh, weight or uh, in gilts or sows that you see sudden death uh, at a high frequency. Uh, so it's something you would see. Um, so we had the first event in, in 2019. And then in 2022, in another province, uh, there was a similar case. And it happened, I believe, on Friday the 23rd. They saw the first clinical signs. And in the beginning of October, it was shared with the network. So very, very quickly, um, we were able to share that information with the network uh, that we had this disease. To date, these two events are the only two events that we've seen in, in Canada. Um, it's been seen in the U.S. as well um, and in, in other pro other uh, countries as well. So a very dramatic disease. So I know producers have access to top quality swine health expertise, like through their veterinarian or through people who they're normally comfortable working with. Talk a little bit about the benefits Quishin brings in the sense that it brings expertise from all across Western Canada. So you really have kind of an all-star team of swine health experts at your disposal using Quishin. Yes, we do. Um, and uh, we've seen quite a few times when one practitioner sort of brings up one issue there is somebody else who have experience with it, and so they can share that, and they can they can progress faster uh, through finding out what to do about this. Um, uh, we had a few issues with uh, pelvic prolapses that we discussed a few years back. It's not something that uh, was high on the radar for anybody, but we we just got into the discussion how feed and and how fine coursed the the feed was in order to help uh, with these conditions so so it's really a discussion both on finding new diseases but also finding solutions for the diseases that we have that sounds amazing that information sharing network is so important to helping our producers so I want to get into one of the other pillars you kind of talked about earlier is the special projects one. Is there any one of those projects that comes to mind that you would like to speak about today? Yeah, uh, about, I think it was 2020, we started to have these special projects. They are very short projects that go into a specific uh, issue. Usually they don't last more than six months and we are able to get them up and started within couple of months, two months or so. So within a year, we can get results, which is different from uh, big research projects that usually take three or five years, and, and you forgot what the issue was when you get the results. So I'm being a, a little bit um, cynical here. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's filling these special projects that we're able to run is filling a gap. Um, the, one of the most recent was the loadout uh, biosecurity project that we had last year. Um, it was so interesting to see the results from that, that when we had the results coming in in March, April of 2023, we decided that this is really something we want to push out uh, to produce us more uh, effectively. Um, so we made a little add-on where we 
uh, have people help us make um, a fact sheet about loadout, and it's gone out through the uh, Manitoba Pork um, recently. I think it was in, in October, mm-hmm. um, and it's gone out through the other provincial pork boards as well. Um, there's been a couple of presentations uh, on that. Uh, Dr. Julia Kindeside have made some uh, presentations on on that. Um, so that was one of the the, the really good uh, projects that we had. Uh, besides going maybe to us, where could producers get some of that information? We do have a, web, a website, uh, Christian.ca, where we can find some of the information about uh, Christian. For uh, people that contribute directly to us, we have a library where they can access. That's restricted uses only, but there is some information there for for those who contribute directly to to Christian. And you have a another project ongoing uh, around abattoir data. Maybe talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, we have a philosophy in question that in order to add on more surveillance, it has to sort of uh, give us more information than we already have at a reasonable cost. So it's sort of, we don't just want to add on and add on and add on without really getting benefit for it. So that's that's why we've made an abattoir project where we will go in and we want to see if um, uh, Another epidemiologist can show us that we get additional benefit from including abattoir data into our surveillance. So we made the first go of it um, a, a year back where we looked at federal, federally inspected slaughter plants and data from Manitoba, and it looked very promising. So we've done an add-on now where we say, okay, what happens if we bring in information from provincially inspected abattoirs in other provinces, and that's ongoing now. Once we've done that, we will we will look into whether these abattoir data is really uh, critical or useful to add on to question for the cost it takes to, to handle those data. Uh, so we don't just add data without really getting value for it. And when you talk about data, what is that comprised of? It's comprised of the uh, condemnation. So when pigs are rejected at the laboratory or at the um, abattoirs, uh, there's a reason for that, and so we we pull that out and see how many pigs are rejected at the different slaughter plants, uh, aggregate that, and see if that can tell us something about diseases that we might have missed in our other surveillance. Great. And for 2024, are there any special projects you'd like to talk about? We don't have anything planned for now. Uh, we are looking into what what would be the most uh, important project to, to embark on in 2024. So we will decide that within the next couple of months. I know of a new project that was started in December 2023, outlining the Outbreak Support Network. Maybe you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yes, it's, it's another uh, activity where we are looking into should we expand on our network. So instead of only looking at uh, health surveillance, should we look into uh, can we build a network, can we build some kind of tool that can help producers and practitioners um, if there is a suspicion 
of a disease that should be reported to to a Canadian Food Inspection Agency. So the reportable diseases such as African swine fever or foot and mouth disease. Um, it can be very complex situations uh, when you have a suspicion um, who to talk to, how to communicate with CFIA and with uh, other partners in laboratories and so on and so forth. Um, this project was sort of started when last year we had a couple of um, uh, Seneca Valley virus uh, tracebacks uh, from the Manitoba assembly yards. Uh, it was really complex situation for the practitioner and the producers to, to look into that and to handle that because there's so many parties involved. The CFIA for foreign animal diseases, the laboratories, the practitioners, the producers, and how do we make a roadmap through that situation. So that's what the project will um, look into. And then by the end of 2025, we've looked into that um, we will uh, decide where to go from there. Is it a permanent thing, part of, of Christian, or was that enough? And for that, we have hired uh, Dr. Betty Althaus, and she started December 1st. Great. And is there anything else you would like to close on before we end? Yeah, I think it's very, very important to acknowledge that... Uh, uh, Christian would never exist without the participation of the swine practitioners in the region, the laboratories and all the health experts, as well as the producers. We are really a network of people, so they are extremely important for us. Thank you, Yetta, for spending your time with us and sharing all this great information about Christian and bringing your expertise to our podcast today. Thank you very much for having the opportunity to share uh, what Christian is doing. Chop Talk is a Manitoba Pork production, produced and edited by me, Joey Dearborn, hosted by me, Danielle Deliniak, and Rhea Taranishi. Music by Buxton Road. Take it away, guys.